With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Jake from the Total Screamers podcast. The Premier League's in full swing and that means it's time to throw on your club shirt and make sure you don't take a nasty tackle below the waist. Our partners at Manscaped are here so you stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs with the code SCREAMERS20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping on your order. That's SCREAMERS20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping on your order. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Total Screamers podcast. Today we've got, we're continuing our season reviews and we are continuing with Liverpool and today I am joined by Simo. Say hello Simo. Hello mate, how's it going? All good, all good. We're joined by Warren Moby. Warren, how are you going? Yeah, good you mate. Yeah, all good, thank you. Adam Murphy joins us again. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Brilliant. And we've got Deej. Deej, how are you doing buddy? Doing well mate, thanks. Perfect. Right lads, so... An up and down season, I think, to say the least for Liverpool this this year. Uh, it started with with obviously some great optimism. Champions finally after thirty years. I think we're all sort of optimistic going into the season. Uh, Adam, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts when when the season started? What were you sort of hoping for from Liverpool? Well, I thought, thought we were going to reclaim the title. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, <laughs> you know, we come we we come off the back of the second highest season you know, points total ever. Um, add Thiago to the mix and you sort of think, well, you know, it's there's gonna be another easy ride. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm 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 not gonna lie, I'll be completely open in saying this. I thought we were gonna win the league more, by more points this year than we did last year. Um big big screw up on my part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean the confidence was definitely there. Like you say, adding Thiago, who we'll talk about later to that mix. I I would I must agree, I was feeling optimistic more optimistic than I was at the end of the season Simo again what were your thoughts mate on on at the start of the season I know we spoke about it quite a lot anyway but what were you sort of thinking I'm very much in the same mind of Adam I did think we were going to go on and, and retain the title um, and we managed to keep the bulk of the squad together like minus you know Dejan Lovren leaving you know the bulk of the um, the first team members stayed together and then we added Thiago which I was really excited about you know a world class player truly a world class player that's won pretty much everything there is to win in the game to join us at, a, at a, you know at age of 30 I thought he would, he would really offer us a lot and he actually did in the end um, but you know the circumstances that, <laughs> that came upon us mid-season <laughs> put, put many nails in that coffin of any sort of um, title, <laughs> title contention hopes. Um, but yeah, it was like it was a roller coaster season. It was it was very much up then down, uh, and then we came back up again at the end of the season, didn't we? 
Yeah, we did. We did. Warren, were you in the same camp as the others? Were you were you thinking that you know it'd be a, a nice romp to the title again, or did you did you think it'd be a bit more sticky than what it was? I I definitely thought it was going to be closer because obviously you know with uh, Mantic power, obviously they're going to come back with a backlash. And obviously last year they didn't like it for us literally spanking that league. Um, definitely with it is obviously our squad depth. I thought was going to be probably a letdown for us, but we're obviously still being the run-in to keep uh, in and out, literally fighting for the title again. Yeah, I mean, I thought I agree. I think Man City would have definitely come back with a vengeance. They strengthened quite well um, with that squad that was already I mean, a billion-pound squad. Yeah. They only added, to, only added to that, didn't they? So it was always going to be tricky. These again, just echoing what the others say, what, what were your thoughts at the start of this, well, the, the previous campaign? Yeah, so I, I too thought we were going to go back to back. Um, I mean, when the transfer window closed, based on the signings that everyone else had made, I was firmly of the opinion that Liverpool were going to absolutely piss the league. I, I thought we would have extended our gap between, I think I think our strengthening was much better than City's. And I mean, let's be honest, nobody foresaw what was going to happen to, to pretty much every team in the league this season with uh, regards to injuries. Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm alone in thinking that either, that if Liverpool remained full strength for the, the entire season, we would have been uncatchable. I mean, we were top at Christmas, right? So Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, you've got to remember that Liverpool were top top at Christmas. Uh, you know, the, the injury to Van Dijk, I think we all knew it was, it was a, a game changer, but at that time it didn't affect us as much because the likes of Gomez and Matic were still were still relatively fit. I mean, we all knew Matic would inevitably come come undone at some point. He always does every year. Uh, but luckily we've uh, we've had Van Dyke there. I mean I think personally the injuries to to Matip and Gomez were, were key because that, that really derailed our season from January. But we'll stick to the start of the season, those new signings. Simo, we'll start with you. Jota uh, and Thiago with the, with the key, the big signings that came in, as well as you know some good contract extensions to a lot of the other players. What what, what were your thoughts on Jota when he came in? Because I know we were after Werner for a while. There was a lot of talk about him. We didn't get him, and then we went on and got Diego Jota. What were your thoughts when he signed and Thiago? Well, I thought I thought I was a, a particular that we needed to strengthen him. We needed more competition for the front three than just Divock Origi. We did have a, a fairly positive season last season, um, but. He's actually rather than the competition of Diego Jota added, it didn't it didn't add anything to the Divock's game of anything. It kind of took it away, and he just couldn't get any time in the pitch to build up some decent decent form. But I thought Jota came in. Obviously, he was pushing Bobby Firmino for his spot um, out in the left hand side. He, he's he's lethal out there as well. Um, so Sadio Mane missed out in a couple of games as well. Um, Luckily for Mo Salah, Diego Jota isn't very, he's not very good out in the right, so <laughs> Mo Salah managed to keep his spot out there for, for the majority of the season. Um, but yeah, I think it was, a, it was a really positive signing for Liverpool, a good deal done. I think, what did they come for again? About 30 million? I think it was about 40, 45, I think it was in 40, the end. 45, even more yeah. than I thought. Um, but yeah, I, he, for, for, for what you... If you're not going, if you're going to get below that fifty million mark, you know all you can hope for is a, a player of, of Diego Jota's level, uh, and I think he was actually push on because he, he was really pushing the front three for their starting positions, especially near the end of the season. Yeah, I agree, Adam. What were your thoughts on the new signings that came in? Um, well, exactly the same. I just to add on to a little bit what Simo was saying. Like we were almost crying out for somebody like Jota to come off the bench and, and to add goals, as as again Zimmer mentioned, that Origi had a decent season last season. I don't think he was ever going to be able to replicate that, um, you know, his goal-scoring form over the past two years again. Um, Jota's come into the team, he's scored 13 goals in all competitions, and that's while he missed, I think, 18 in the Premier League. Mm. Um, so he's actually done a lot better than what I expected. I was I was one of the ones that was a little disappointed when we missed out on Werner. Um, but obviously it seemed like it came more from our side that, you know, we decided to go another way as opposed to Werner rejecting us. Um, and, you know, as I've mentioned when I was on this the last time, Klopp and, and, and the backroom staff has definitely got that credit in the bank whereby you yeah. think... Okay, you know we'll we'll back him on this one, and and Jota, I thought he was a decent player for Wolves. Nothing, nothing special. Um, he's come into this Liverpool team, and I think he fits it like a glove. Um, he's, as I said, scored thirteen goals in all competitions, only the one assist, and 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 as I said before, he's he's been injured for eighteen games of the Premier League season. Mm. Um, 
he's yeah he's done by far and beyond a lot better than what what i ever thought he would do to be honest uh warren we'll come to you next when we missed out on Werner, were you sort of in the camp with adam of you were quite a little bit disappointed or um i i, I tend to watch do uh watch a lot of european league so Werner was obviously one of the top players in the bundesliga <laughs> smashing goals in mm. and that's what we were kind of screaming out for such as with bobby you never know as much he's not a, a prolific goal scorer but he obviously he helps salah and Mane get the goals for us. So obviously when he didn't come, it was quite a, a big blow. But with obviously him being at Chelsea, he has improved, but I wouldn't say you've seen his full potential at Chelsea. Mm. Yeah, I, I was reading something earlier and, and it said he actually had more disallowed goals than he's had scored goals, which I think is like ridiculous <laughs> on, on that behalf. So... I- I Go think on. a lot of that, though, is he, he doesn't seem to understand the offside rule. I don't know <laughs> if you've noticed this, but he's he's always offside. And then yeah. but he'll be offside by about five yards. And then he'll be complaining to the linesman at why he's flagged or, or why VAR's brought it back. So I'm not sure if he's quite figured <laughs> out the offside rule yet. Uh, I know it seems crazy, but genuinely, that's what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, for someone who's so quick as well, Timo Werner, I mean, he could easily give... Mm. give five ten yard space that, that what he does I know he likes to to play off the last man but I mean there's playing off the last man and then there's you know <laughs> being offside yeah, 15 that's... times or whatever it was yeah. Dees we'll come to you again mate with this the signings that came in what what were your thoughts on them when when we announced them yeah, so uh, going back to uh, not obviously not the summer before last season but the summer before mm. when we missed out on Werner uh, I yeah. was I was really gutted there. Like I was of the opinion that Werner was going to be like Tiago for us, but back mm. then, like he was going to completely turn us around. And then when we didn't get hold of him, I was I was really gutted. Uh, and then the next summer comes round, and we're linked with Ishmael Assar over and over and over again. And yeah. I watched Watford through the season, and I was like, he's a pretty tidy player, and he, there's the Mane link there as well. I thought we'd get a nice little partnership there. Something exciting happen. Then Watford priced us out of it, and out of mm. nowhere, Diego Jota comes up. It was and very much out of nowhere as well. It was wasn't completely it? left field, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I always rated him at Wolves. He, he did seem a bit sort of on and off at Wolves. Like when he was playing well, he was playing really well. Yeah. But then he'd go miss him for a couple of games and then he'd come back and play really well again. So uh, when he actually started playing for us and just started banging goals in all over the place, uh, I mean, it was impressive enough that I've got his name on the back of this new Liverpool shirt now. I was, uh, <laughs> So that, that that was a big a big thing there, and uh, as far as uh, the other one goes, Thiago, uh, for me he was going to be a game changer, especially with the form that the front three ended the season before in. Yeah. I think Thiago just pinging balls into them over and over again. I thought that was going to send the front three to the next level as well. But mm. obviously Thiago had his injury problems throughout the season. We weren't really able to see the best of him until coming towards the last sort of four or five games of the season. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jota kind of blew me away this season. I did not expect him to hit the level he hit, especially with playing so few games. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think when when we signed him, like you say, it was it was it was very left field. It came out of nowhere. I mean, I, we weren't even really linked to him, were we? And yeah. the next minute, he was in he was in Anfield with a Liverpool shirt, uh, and it was all right. And then, like you said, mate, I, you know, I'd only really watched hadn't been watching Wolves regularly so I'd seen bits on you know match of the day and things like that when he's been playing and like you say very on and off very on off player um but I feel like he's got a coach now that can really harness that potential out of him and I think that Jürgen Klopp and his coaching team are definitely the ones that can can harness that full potential out of him we've definitely seen that last season and Thiago again like you say he started the season really well Came into the side, looked 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 a real deal. Got injured at Everton, and then unfortunately, you know, due to changes in in the centre back position and midfield, he had to play a different role. I think to what he would have liked. So we we sort of nullified the the best of Thiago in that respect. We'll cut. We'll stick on the injury sort of theme. It was the theme of our season, wasn't it, lads? I mean, no no side could could have the injuries that we had and perform as well as I think we did in the end. I think it was credible finishing third. Personally, I think if you'd have offered me third in midway through February, I'd definitely have bit your hand off for it because it looked like we would never be anywhere near that. Warren, we'll start with you. The injuries this season, how 
just let's just talk it. Talk all of them. I mean, it's ridiculous, weren't they? I'll start off with obviously the biggest one, Van Dyke at a tank for us. Literally sorts our whole squad out. And for obviously the worst case, obviously uh, with Pickford from Everton, absolutely smashing him and not even <laughs> punishment for it. Yeah, beyond belief. Um, I think obviously when he uh, Van Dyke did go off, uh, obviously injured. We we were doing all right, and then obviously with more injuries in and out, especially with like you look at Hendo, what he does for us on that pitch. Every time he comes off that pitch, his uh, his voice is squeaky, shouting that much. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, for me, I think when you lose your centre backs, it's an issue. When your midfielders that you then re-roll as centre backs. <laughs> And get injured. I think. I mean, that that's a crisis in itself. Adam, we, I know we spoke about it when you last come on the pod, but now the season's finished and we can sort of look back on the whole thing as a, as a whole. What were your overarching thoughts on Liverpool's injury crisis this season? Um, look, I mean, I, I, where do we even begin with this? Um, <laughs> I, just to lead on to what you were saying about, you know, we then had the midfielders that went into centre-backs. They got injured. We then signed Kabak and Ben mm. Davies. Ben Davies, did he play a minute? I don't... He didn't, didn't, he didn't play minute, a minute no. of football, did he? Because he <laughs> got injured pretty much straight away. Um, I looked... Before coming on, I just had a quick look because I knew Kabak missed some games. Yeah. Kabak missed... Out of the 17 Premier League games we had Kabak available for, he missed seven of those anyway through injury. So he even he you know had huge spells of injury for for the time that he was here for it just I think it got to a point where it almost just became you, you had to sort of laugh at it um, yeah. and and almost just write the season off and and I was I was one of those um, we actually mentioned it on on Redmen a couple of times like mm. it's just going to be one of those where it's you know Klopp, Klopp said it himself it's top four almost became impossible a little bit. Um, and that was the general feeling around a lot of Liverpool fans, and 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 I I was one of them. But you know, like you said, to finish third in in a, in a season where we've missed missed Virgil for like thirty three games, uh, Gomez thirty one, Matip I think was twenty eight. <laughs> yeah, so three main centre backs back for pretty much the entire season. Um, you know, it's it was always going to be difficult to come back from, and then. We had the, uh, the the misfiring front, well, front two really. Salah still did all right, but <laughs> yeah, it was I, it was it was a bit of a miracle, really, the, the fact that we finished third for the uh, worst defending champions in the world, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Simo, we'll, we'll come on to you. We spoke about it plenty on the pod, but we've not really had a chance since the season's ended to to look back on it as a whole. What, uh, like, like Adam said, where do you begin? Where do you begin with last season's injury crisis? Um, well, it's, it, the thing is, I, I was in very much the same camp as Adam, and I just thought, well, we, we can't just change the, the complete tactical makeup like midway through hmm. the season. Obviously, Klopp is based the side on a, a very high line, um, since you know, like. 17-18 was when we really committed to it even though we didn't have a particularly strong defence in the, the season of 17-18 we still mm. committed to playing really high press and high line football and we just kind of had to go back to that you know and, and you know it wasn't massively pretty and you know the front three weren't you know firing in the way they were back in that season where Salah got you know 50 goals it's <laughs> it's it, I, I just I couldn't be disappointed because these circumstances are out of they're out of your control you know it's not we've not had a bad season because you know the players weren't the players weren't completely at it. There was circumstances out of control, you know. If you're people will be like, oh, you know, it's you should be able to deal with these sort of injury crises. But like, you know, if you look at Man City the season before, they lost company and piled in, you know, <laughs> <laughs> one player, you know. So you know, we we lost literally. We were playing two central midfielders uh, in the back uh, and uh, as a back two. And although they, you know, they're good, they're top players for Vino and Jordan Henderson, top top players, but. They're not centre-backs at the end of the day. And I think once we actually committed to just playing traditional centre-backs, like once we just mm. committed to Nat Phillips and Quebec, everything kind of seemed to baseline and we had a really, really strong run. And I think Klopp said, as we were coming to the end of the season, we had to win seven of the nine at least to even consider Champions League football. And of course, we went and done that, uh, which was, you know, massively impressive. It was kind of like we, had, we we did achieve something at the end of the year. So against all the odds and, you know, 
we, we did actually go go and actually achieve something for the season and, and have a relatively positive end. But all you could do now is just look to next season. You know, we're going to go in with full tre- a full strength squad minus Genie. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Uh, but yeah, that, <laughs> that is uh, that is where where I'm at just now. You know, I'm still in a, I'm mm. still in a, uh, there's still a Champions League and Premier League squinning, winning squad there that that, yeah. that Liverpool will be going into next season with. So I, I'm I still I still do have a positive outlook. Days, we'll, we'll come to you next. Just sort of on on the fact that, like Simo mentioned, when we committed to Nat Phillips and one other, it seemed we sort of baseline. Do you feel like we should have done that earlier. Do you feel like Klopp should have committed that earlier and, and just gone, Very right, so, yeah. yeah, let's just commit, you know, Nat Phillips, he's 24, he's got, you know, not the most amount of game time, but he's played in the Bundesliga or, or Bundesliga 2. It's sort of the best we've got. It's You know, surely it's got to be better than Jordan Henderson at centre-back. And it, it turned out, obviously, that it was. So do you, why do you think that Klopp didn't commit to that earlier? Um, well, Klopp's shown over his tenure at Liverpool, that when he's introducing a new player to the squad, he doesn't do it mm. quickly. He takes his time. He makes sure everybody's ready. And I think that's that played a big part into how slow we were sort of settling. And I mean, for me, when Fabinho was first played at centre-back, it was against Chelsea, wasn't it? And yeah. he absolutely pocketed anyone who was trying to go forward <laughs> there. And I just thought, you know what, Van Dijk's out. We're going to be all right. Fabinho's there, not realising how much we actually lost from midfield with there. Yeah. But I mean, our worst def- our worst area hit was obviously defence, but we had injuries all over the squad as well. I mean, mm. Navigator is probably the most expensive packet of Quavers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and Joel Matip's made of crisps as well. Um, but Henderson being out for so long, I think, was probably behind Van Dijk our, our biggest miss. Because yeah. I'm sure as Liverpool fans, you guys will probably agree with me, but... I think a lot of people outside of sort of like the Liverpool bubble might not see how much Hendo actually does. He's an absolute engine. He's a proper leader. Um, for me, he's the reason Trent Alexander-Arnold is as successful as he is because yeah. as soon as he sees Trent go forwards, he always just sort of drops back into that right-back role and, and covers for him. Whereas anyone else who's really played there kind of hasn't done that. But yeah, I think we definitely took too long to settle on, on a centre-back pairing. And I think... The evidence was there that we could have done it quicker, especially with uh, Reese Williams getting a lot of time in the Champions League and doing fairly well there. Uh, yeah. For me, that was probably enough to say, all right, let's give Reese a bit of a run, see how well he does. Uh, and then when Nat Phillips started getting brought into the squad as well, it, it, it baffled me why it took so long for Nat Phillips to get his first start. Because out of all of the backup defenders, he was the most experienced. Yeah. And yeah, he's not your traditional Klopp-style defender. What we saw towards the end of the season, how good of a job he did. Like in in our last ten games, the only games we did not win were games that Nat Phillips didn't play. It's it's, it, it's a good point, and I seen something actually the other day. James Milner apparently said to Nat Phillips after that Leeds equaliser, "If you're on the pitch, we win that game." Quite simply, because yep. yeah, as we as <laughs> it's quite well documented, isn't it? Nat Phillips wins every header I think he's ever come across. Uh, often getting bloodied in the process. I think he's been bandaged up two or three times this year already uh, so yeah. I, I agree with you I, I can't for the life of me wonder why he didn't play more I would see the team sheet and he'd be on the bench and I'd just be thinking just commit to this just pl- and I know I'm not Jürgen Klopp I'm not a football manager but you know you sure anyone can see that and someone who knows how to play centre-back is better than a midfielder who does not know how to play centre-back and we saw that with in that that Leicester game I think was key with Kabak and Henderson at centre-back. I mean, they just got absolutely torn to pieces by Jamie Vardy, didn't they? And Madison and, and you know, the whole Leicester side took advantage of Henderson not being a centre-back and it worked quite well. And I think after that, I think we sort of learned our lesson, I think, a little bit and, and committed. We'll stick to the, the woes for the moment, for the for the bad news. The turn of the, turn of the year, it sort of went wrong, especially at Anfield. As we know, we lost our unbeaten home record and then went on to lose six in a row did, did, did any Warren we'll start with you did you see it coming did you see us you know losing one and then losing six on the bounce at Anfield in the league <laughs> at Anfield it's, that's our, our home ground where literally anything can happen with us but looking at the Champions League what it does for us is like our 12th man um, some of the results even the lower teams I couldn't believe it to be honest 
Mm. Yeah, Adam, again, you know, we, I think we spoke about it briefly, didn't we, last time you were on? I think we'd lost maybe one at home. But did you foresee, you know, the, the real troubles that we had, especially like Warren said, against those lower sides at Anfield? I, I, I don't think anyone could say they foresaw it. I'm, I, I'm not going to lie, I, I expected... I expected us to lose at Anfield at some point during the season, just yeah. because of the element of of no fans and and you know we'd seen it had already been a crazy season. I thought to myself, you know, it's gone on for nearly four years now. If we're going to lose at Anfield, it's going to be this season. Yeah, nobody could have told me they expected us to then lose <laughs> six on the bounce. Like, it was, especially the teams we lost to as well. Like, you know, it was outrageous. Um, but it just I think it 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 almost had that um reverse effect you know but when the crowd was there obviously it was almost uh, as Warren was saying it, it was like the 12th man we, we all know yeah. that we've we've all experienced those those nights but it almost had the flip effect once that one loss happened it was like you know oh god like we can't win here without the fans almost because it seemed it like was that, like yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously to go alongside that, the away form was really, really good. Um, <laughs> you know, especially like down south. I think we won pretty much every game we played down south this year. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it was madness. Like, like I said, I think the first one was, was probably fairly predictable, but what came after was, yeah, it was outrageous. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Simo. I mean, it's the six in the, on the bounce. <laughs> Crazy. I just, it was just, I like, it kind of felt that before every game. I mean, you mean you would talk before games and think, oh God, you know, I just, I just thought <laughs> this is the one where we just, even if it's a draw, that would be fine, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I remember we were starting um, same old screamers, which is our show we would do, be doing with the same old Arsenal. And it was actually off the back of Liverpool playing Arsenal. Uh, hmm. And I just remember me and you speaking like, thank God that game's away. Because we just knew we were going to win it. <laughs> we're going to win it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, I, was, I, mean, I, I never thought you'd be sat as a Liverpool fan, you know, hoping for away games, you know. <laughs> Looking <laughs> yeah. forward to away games because you think you're going to get you're going to get a result, you know. It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. But it is one of those seasons that's, it'll hopefully never be re- replicated again. We'll hopefully never have another season like that again where, you know, we're playing in empty, you know, 55,000-seater stadiums that are empty. You know, yeah. I th- hopefully we never see that again, you know, but it's, it's one of these seasons. It's just mental, mental. Still yeah. see at the Etihad pretty much every week. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a standard for them. <laughs> there it is, there it is. Uh, Dace, I just want to ask you another question, and all, we'll come to all of you on this. Liverpool's domestic cup form since... <sighs> since probably Kenny when we last won a domestic cup has been absolutely atrocious and you know as as football fans we've all grown up with the FA Cup and I personally love the FA Cup it's given me some of my biggest highlights as a Liverpool fan um so days Liverpool's cup form why is it so shocking why has it been so bad for nearly 10 15 years so I mean focusing on sort of the club period I guess it's been it's been sort of glaring for everybody to see that the priority mm. since Klopp joined has been the Champions League and the Premier League. And that's, I think, the main reason why the cup form has suffered. Uh, And also because of the success we've had. I mean, when we were off playing the World Club Championships, having to play uh, a combination (laughs) of our under-18s and our (laughs) under-23s against Villa, um, (laughs) that that was a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, I just, I guess I think the focus just hasn't been there. It's it's all all been about sort of trying to get back to the, uh, sort of back on our perch, if you like, where we were in the... uh, (laughs) The 80s and, and the 70s. If uh, uh, this is to all of you, but if you look back at those sort of glory days, we won those cups regularly. It was a regular sort of occurrence was to win those things. Adam, why why do you think that? I, I agree with what Dave just said, and I think everyone knows. You know, we'd rather win the league than obviously win the FA Cup. But would you like to see Liverpool commit to one of these? trophies and sort of have a little go at one of them and get past the fourth round so so here's i would of course i would you know who who wouldn't want to see us win win the fa cup again i think the problem though the, a big issue is klopp notoriously plays with um you know shorter squads than mm. the most people the, the most managers he, he did it at dortmund he's doing it again here um you know and you look at how many games of football that that teams are having to play season in season out now 
I think it's a, more of the case if we just don't have a big enough squad to be fighting on both fronts in the Premier League and the Champions League, mm. as well as being able to put out a strong enough squad to go and win an FA Cup, especially when we're with, up against the likes of Man City that are able to, you know, they field a B team and it's better than most teams in the league's <laughs> A teams. You know, so it's, it's, it's just one of those where, like, of course I'd love to. I honestly just don't think it's that realistic at the moment unless we were willing to sacrifice, you know, unless we got knocked out of the Champions League really early or yeah. we were willing to sacrifice the league. I, I just don't really think it's feasible with the, the, you know, the squad that we've actually got. I think we'd have to invest a lot of money. Good point. Warren, Do you? how much do you think we'd have to invest in the squad to, to potentially fight on four fronts for the next couple of seasons? <laughs> quite a lot. Well, to be honest, I think we need quite uh, probably about another three or four maybe even first teamers just to mm. challenge and mix it up a bit. Um, as you said, obviously, trophy wise, the domestic wasn't the last one we won was against West Ham. FA Cup was, and then League Cup was uh, Cardiff against Cardiff uh, 2012 under Kenny. Do you think as well for foreign manager in the Premier League as well? It's better to have, like, obviously on your uh, resume of having a Champions League winner than rather than the car. Well, <laughs> whatever it is now. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I do think, obviously, you know, you, you see the, the parades for Champions League wins, don't you? And, and, and hopefully you will see a parade for a league win eventually at some point. But, you know, I, I just, I just, I think I'm just a bit old, old-fashioned in in the fickle of. I, I love an FA Cup, a FA Cup run. It's it's great, isn't it? Everyone loves loves it. And that that West Ham one we won, you know, 2006, the Gerrard final, the Owen final. You know, all these games have got massive history behind them, and some of Liverpool's happiest moments have been in these competitions. Well, I, so I just to butt in. I, I think you saw as well. I know it's a little bit different because it was their first time winning it, but. You saw how much it meant to Leicester fans uh, winning yeah. the FA Cup this year. You know, you, it still holds a lot of prestige. Um, as I said before, that I just I think it's so hard for us to fight on those fronts as well as trying to win a league and a Champions League. I think yeah. one thing we've got to remember though is that the expectations for how successful the club are are set by the board, and the board yeah. are going to be interested in money. And the two things that bring in the most money are the Champions League and the Premier League. So it's. Yeah. It's kind of common sense that the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup take a back seat. As much as it would be amazing if we could just win everything, <laughs> uh, like it's already been said, we'd have to invest a lot of money and get to a similar point to City where our B team is as good as any other team in the league. Uh, other than that, we, we pretty much just have to pick two, focus on those, and mm. hopefully we'll get to that point where we can challenge on all four fronts at some point. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll stick on the, on the Cup front. We'll, we'll start with the Champions League. We'll finish with talking about the Champions League as well. I think when I when we drew Real Madrid in the quarterfinals, I was quietly optimistic with that. I thought Real Madrid were a bit of a spent force. I thought that we could definitely hurt them. And I think that I was massively disappointed with that first leg. I thought we were atrocious and we sort of got what we deserved out of it. Uh, Warren, what, what did you think about the Champions League run as a whole and then obviously that pretty turgid crashing out I definitely get, um, on the first leg uh, they literally ran right on us I don't mm. know it looked like we <laughs> put our under 16s out um I did have quite a good season not to start off with but then he always pick up near the end of it mm. but on paper I would expect them well Liverpool in the first leg to be at least taking a draw from that and obviously with uh, with the Champions League itself it's one of those things where we've always kind of done well in and uh it's uh definitely one of those special nights every every week we get to play against in there we're always going for it yeah uh adam how how disappointed were you with that that real madrid's performance and tie overall well i, I was really disappointed i mean as i was the same as you i was very quietly optimistic um because I, I knew they had some injury problems as well as we did yeah um and you know they'd only just started picking up form again but I was you know they weren't a team that were ever going to really you know, sit back and defend against us which was you know they were the kind of teams we'd had pro problems with um so I thought I, I kind of thought we'd maybe draw the first leg win the second um 
I think what it did do is it just exposed the fact a little bit. Um, look, I love Nat Phillips um, and, and Reese Williams, and I think they've done a brilliant job, but it just exposed a little bit that when you come up against a real top-quality opposition, mm. you're going to get exposed in those big games. I know, you know, to be fair, pretty much no one had a good game in that first match, but I think Real Madrid's first goal was a 50-yard ball over the top from Cruz. An experienced defender just, just gets rid of that. Um, it, yeah. it goes straight through the middle of both centre-backs. Um, but I'll be completely honest, I was probably equally as disappointed with the second leg because I actually thought, despite how poor we were in the first... We did enough to, to actually win the tie in the second leg and we just couldn't take the chances, um, which for me, it was, you know, it was, it was just equally as, as disappointing. Um, uh, so, you know, especially after that, I think, was it Salah after about two minutes, that massive chance? Yeah, Salah Foss, yeah. I think, I think if he scores that, I, I, I think we, we get enough momentum to maybe go through there, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, Dej, the story of our season, wasn't it? Not scoring enough goals and putting chances away. What uh, Champions League in general? I think with the injuries for me, getting to the quarterfinals was was pretty pretty good. What what were you thinking when we got drawn against Real Madrid? Uh, so I'm at the same page as you there. Like with the injuries mm. that we had, making the quarterfinals was quite an achievement, I think. But then getting drawn against Real Madrid for me, that was like almost like a re- every time we face Real Madrid, it's like a revenge tie. There's always some sort of <laughs> bad blood between us. It's like uh, always a good feeling to give the other the other team a bloody nose. Uh, yeah. And when I heard that uh, both Ramos and Varane were out, I was like, that that just completely evens the field. Their first two choice centre-backs are uh, are out as well. This this could be a really fun game. And then that first leg, Vinicius Junior, Junior just had an absolute worldie of a game. And, uh, and Cruz as well was on point with pretty much everything he touched. Yeah. I think we, we just were unfortunate to play a weakened Real Madrid side where two of their superstars really turned it on. Well, the thing and, with the juniors, he, he, he hadn't scored in about 40 yeah, games, yeah, have yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> I saw it coming, but I mean, yeah. no, he it on. <laughs> yeah, Simo, I know we spoke about it, but just, just sum up the Champions League run for me. Yeah, we've already had that show, haven't we, mate? <laughs> <laughs> no, as it... I was very much at the point that I thought we did have an even playing field and I thought the reason why our league form had dipped so much at the time was because, not just because of the injuries, but because we essentially had nothing to play for. We were well out mm-hmm. of the race. Man City were absolutely flying. The boys just didn't have that much to play for other than Champions League football. And I thought, you know, this is a competition we could feasibly still go and win. You know, Liverpool still can beat anybody on their day. And I was pretty positive. You know, you know fine well, I was pretty positive getting in that match. I was... Supremely disappointed uh, with the with both legs. It's like, yeah, same mm. same tales as Adam. I mean, the amount of chances missed in the second made it sting. All the like, we weren't just bad. We were like, we were actually all right and just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Um, uh, so that was massive disappointing for the first leg. You know, no Sergio Ramos. I thought he's, he's not there to rip Salah's arm off or punch a lot of carries in the face or anything like that. You know, he's, <laughs> these these are obstacles and barriers that we didn't need to worry about in that fixture. But yeah, I mean, it, it still is Real Madrid. An aging Real Madrid is still a world class side that can mm. go ahead and beat anybody in their day. And, you know, they went on from us, and obviously they were beaten pretty convincingly by. Um, Chelsea, they obviously didn't have the legs to go to go all the way in the competition, but you know, quarterfinals. You know, if it, we're sitting here five years ago, and we're you know we're we're binging because we've we've only made quarterfinals. You know, that's <laughs> that, that's the way that's where you've got to say it. Remember where we were like pre clop Remember, yeah. remember Roy yeah. Austin. You know, remember, oh, I remember those sort of days. You know, <laughs> and it will make you feel a wee bit warm inside that you only made the quarterfinals this season. You know, yeah. And football is a roller coaster. There's ups and downs. I think we're going to come back up. Yeah, uh, we'll stick. We'll stick with the theme of missed chances, and we'll talk about. Well, Adam touched on it earlier. The front three, or rather, probably the front two, because Salah still got you know nearly thirty goals this season, or might have got thirty goals. Uh, Adam, we'll start with you. Sadio Mane, Bobby Firmino. What went wrong for them two this year? Um, I think with Firmino especially, it's someone said it. I think it might have been Jamie Carragher. Roberto Firmino is like a showman, like he's like a mm. true entertainer. So I think the, the the main aspect of the fans not being there almost... it feels weird saying it but almost the fans not being there just sort of you know downplayed his game massively you saw in the was it in the Palace game where fans came back all of a sudden he's he's popping up scoring a brace Um, the winner the fans were there Um, 
And then he had he had a really good game against Palace as well at the uh, final day of the season as well. Mm. Um, Mane, I thought for the longest time it was fatigue. He played so much football. Mm. Um, he got a couple of injuries near the start of the season. I thought, is he just you know are they niggling at him? Because when he came back from those injuries, it was around the same time that Jota then got injured. So instead of bedding Mane back into the squad, he was literally just thrown straight back into the first 11 and having to play twice a week. And I thought, do you know what? It probably is just a little bit of fatigue. Um, I think he needs a break at the end of the season. Um, yeah, maybe confidence gone as well, because I think we saw his ball carries per 90 had, had gone down by about 30 dribbles. Mm. Um, but he was still getting into... I think he actually created more opportunities for himself this season than he did last season, and they were hard mm. opportunities as well. So he was getting into the right areas and just not finishing the, the chances. So that combined with, as I said, with his ball dribbles, I thought, okay, is it, is it maybe a confidence thing? Does he just not trust himself at the minute? Um, but then we we played Crystal Palace final game of the season, fans back at Anfield, and he, he looked literally like Mane of last season. So I... It's hard to say with Mane, to be honest. Can I cut in on Mane? I don't think Mane's had as bad a season as people are making mm. out. I mean, right, he has not put the ball in the net as many times as he should have this season. Let's put that on the floor, right? But I'll extend an the branch. Mane does triple the amount of defensive work that Mo Salah does. And I'm not saying that as an estimation. I'm looking at the numbers to the left hand of my screen here. And it is on paper there. Mane will make, he has made triple the amount of tackles triple the amount, and he's made double the amount of aerial duels, or more than triple, much, triple the amount of tackles, double the amount of aerial duels uh, than, than Sadio Matt. So, like, Trent has been highly criticised, like, heavily criticised this season for um, his defensive work, okay? Yeah. And when Jordan Henderson isn't on the pitch, they slotted in a right-back position, you know, Trent struggles. But Salah has done virtually zero defensive work this season and we are, we are a pressing side make no mistake every, every player has to press and when Manny's winning three tackles per game um, you know and winning aerial duels and winning a ball high up in the pitch and chasing down lost causes and doing and doing the hard work Manny's Manny's get seven man of the match awards this season in the Premier League to put that into perspective Salah has three okay so that shows you that even when Manny isn't scoring. He is still doing the hard work. He is still still doing the hard yards. and still doing mm-hmm. his bit for the team. Okay, granted, his job is to put the ball in the back of the net. He is a forward player, but you know when Salah's not having a good game, when Salah's not scoring, he's virtually he's, you, you have to accept that he's 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 on the pitch, non-existent as a, as a passenger. <laughs> he's an absolute passenger, but he is a top scorer. So that's why he needs to be there. But the thing is, when Manny's not scoring, you can still see that he is doing the hard yards and still and still playing for his teammates and stuff like. That. I know that Salah isn't. They are very different players, but obviously you don't really hear much about Andy Robertson getting caught out in defence because <laughs> <laughs> you know he's got somebody doing a bit of running for him on his side um, but yeah I just and he is on, if you go on the majority of, of uh, statistical um, football websites Squawker who scored with it so far statistics all these sort of things uh, by average rating in the Premier League Sadio Mane is our top player this season Warren will come We'll come to you, Warren. <laughs> yeah, the truth. Mane and Firmino, what what do you think was was their woes? We'll put in inverted commas. For Firmino, could it be that case of he's actually looking where he's shooting now, so it's not actually scoring from that. Definitely with... I'm really not sure with Firmino what it was this season. Um, it just looked like it like it, it could be the same with, with Mane's fatigue and obviously playing that intensity all the time. And you look what Firmino does in that midfield as well. He's always on the, uh, coming back to defend or anything like that for us, hmm. as well as getting up front, trying to produce those passes or even for a goal. Mane... Um, I'm not sure if you lot would agree, but it just seems like even when he uh, was playing, it just looked like he lost his confidence quite a bit by not Mm. even taking any defenders on, where normally he's straight at that defender trying to go past him. And it just seems like he was keep coming when he's going on that attack, he just keeps bringing the ball back. Yeah. Dave, we'll come to you next. Confidence issues, loss of form, fatigue. Lack of fans, bit of everything. What what what's your opinion on this subject? I think I think all of the above for both of them. To be honest, I mean mm. I'm I'm a massive Bobby fanboy. Uh, the work that he does away from scoring goals 
is invaluable and I'm pretty sure he would walk into pretty much any team in the world as a starter. I don't think there's anyone who can look at his game and go, yeah, Bobby's not worth playing. Um, But I did get to a few places this season where he hadn't scored in so long where I started to question it. As soon as I start to question it, he bangs a goal or two in and then goes quiet again for a bit. <laughs> I'm like, he's, he's keeping me on side here. I think uh, I think with Mane, I really do think he is a confidence player. I think uh, the power of the 12th man with Mane is more apparent than, than anyone else in the team. Uh, more in his own body language than anything else. You see him getting disappointed in himself. You see his head dropping and then it not really coming back up. Yeah. Previous seasons when he's played not so great, He's got the fans singing his name. He's got people chanting for him. That helps bring him back up to be like, yeah, you know, I, I am a good player. This isn't just, this is just a blip. I can carry on. And I think yeah. the lack of fans really did hit Mane. I mean, you say he he had a lot of uh, non-scoring contributions, but I think the reason why a lot of people are saying Mane didn't have a very good season is because Mane didn't look like he was enjoying himself. Mane mm. did look down, uh, unconfident, uh, unsure of himself completely uh, until the very end of the season. I mean, that Palace game, what he banged in two, didn't he? And it's, uh, it, it was All nice to well. get back to where he used to be. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with, with every, what we've all said. I think both players are definitely confidence players. And I think both need that crowd. Like you said then, days with Mane, you know, he feeds off the energy, you know, when he's rushing in to make those interceptions, make those tackles, win that ball back. He feels that crowd behind him, like jeering him on. And I feel like he, he almost soaks that up and, and uses that to propel himself with that ball forward. You know, it's quite, it's cliche, isn't it? You know, the 12th man and all this, but I really feel like it's Liverpool. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. It's you know, a real it, thing, man. It is, I'm not going to let know, anybody tell me different. It is you've just got a powerful Anfield as well. You know, um, I mean, Bobby's not going to do Bobby things. Bobby's not going to do Bobby things unless of people in the stadium. He's not going to like do a no-look finish on an empty stadium. He's not like... For nothing. My, yeah. One of my favourite <laughs> Bobby goals is um, last season um, at Arsenal. No, when Arsenal came to us. And he just leaves like fucking three Arsenal players on their arse. Yeah. He scores. <laughs> you can't do that in an empty stadium. You can't have no. the balls to take on three men like right outside the box and then, and then score a build you know, at an empty stadium. I think you do need that 12th man, but that's, that's obviously... You can't find any evidence to support this. So it's, <laughs> it's just my opinion. <laughs> one of the things to bring up with Bobby as well, though, I think one thing that affected his game quite heavily this season was the lack of Henderson in midfield. Because when yeah. we are in the ascendancy and Bobby is is doing his sort of attacking midfield role, uh, he only really sort of starts pushing towards the box when Henderson starts coming up to support. Yeah. And with Henderson either playing as a centre-back or not being in the squad at all, you don't get that same thing from Thiago or Fabinho or... I mean, Wijnaldum's back and forward like an absolute workhorse. <laughs> He's <all> over, <laughs> <isn't> he? <laughs> yeah, but uh, Henderson, as well as sort of supporting Trent when Trent goes forward, when Henderson goes forward, he's kind of supporting Bobby and giving Bobby that more freedom to to do his little magic touches in and around the box <laughs> instead of having to drop back out and provide support for Salah and Mane himself yeah. when Henderson's filling that role when he's on the pitch. I, I agree. I, I think... I think both both missed the crowd this season, and and when the crowds were back, you know, briefly in in December and and at the end of the season, they both came alive, and that, that to me says it all, sums it up perfectly. The twelfth man does exist; it is a real thing. <laughs> Boys, we'll move on to to next season. Our our hopes, our aspirations, our predictions for next year. Simo, we'll start with you. Obviously, we've already signed a new centre back. I think we all knew that that was going to be happening. Um, <laughs> What do you think Liverpool need? Well, I'm glad we got another centre back, and I'm glad it's Canati. It does look at it's a promising defender, you know, 23 young, years old, young as well, yeah. Um, you know, uh, 36 million pounds as well. I, th- I think that's 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 a reasonable place, a, a decent you know size release clause. Um, if Genie does absolutely go, and it's absolutely, I know there's still that little outside chance because he's not. Totally I think he's gone. I think he's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. Let's just accept he's, he's gone. Genie's gone. gone. Right. Genie won't right. be here. Yeah, he put it on his. He put it on his Instagram. He's gone. Yeah, Fabrizio's confirmed. PSG done. Is is it done in Dusty? Is it confirmed now? Nah. Yeah, there apparently uh, he's he's apparently Genie today has signed his PSG deal according oh, to Fabrizio no. Romano. 
Ronnie Koeman is going to be fucking raging. <laughs> well, uh, but I'll get onto that later. Yeah, he um, doubled his wages. They doubled his wages. I can't blame him. Can't and he deserves it. He deserves it. You know, I mean, ninety thousand pound a week. I know it's a lot of money, but you know, there's, there's, there's I think Brandon Williams is on more. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves. He deserves more money for what he's done for the club. I mean, uh, you know, and he's. I think you know Liverpool are slightly worried about the aging, the aging of the midfield. I mean. I don't know if they're going to sign a one-for-one -one replacement or they're going to hopefully maybe get a season out of Abicator and he could do what he was signed to do. Like, I have watched virtually every minute that Abicator has played for Liverpool. All 12 of them. Times when he's, yeah, <laughs> all 12 <laughs> of them spaced, spaced over like three seasons. But, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe he does come in and, and he has that season. Curtis Jones, again, is one that's just on the cusp. You know, mm. when... If he maybe properly commit to letting him have minutes every single game, who knows what the kind of form he could go on? Because he's a forward-thinking player. It's just where he can he do that running that Genie does. I mean, there's very, very few players on the planet that can do that kind of running <laughs> for the volume of games he does it for as well. Is yeah. uh, is is extraordinary? He's he's a terrific talent. You know, what I mean, and we, we are a worse team without Genie, without without a doubt, we are. Uh, we are a weakened side without him. So I hope we're either going, you know, get a, get a, a like for like replacement, or you know, maybe. A, Fingers crossed that Curtis Jones comes good or, or Nabicator can maybe do what he was signed to do. He was obviously signed for a reason uh, because he was a very, very promising up-and-coming talent. But he just can't seem to get himself fit, which is usually disappointing. And then, you know, I think there's more money for Liverpool to spend this season. So it might be in that, in that position in the pitch. Warren, we'll come to you next. Going on uh, Nabicator, obviously, before he came to Liverpool, I, it looked like he was going to be the next Kante. Uh, looked absolutely... Mm. Uh, oh, he's like a racehorse, really. Literally <laughs> where he was, but obviously it was uh, one of those dangers of him getting sent off, which he did for Leipzig quite a bit. Um, definitely with the midfield, I think we do need to get another player in, especially when you've got uh, Millie as well. Mm. Uh, definitely need someone there in case, obviously, next year it does come to down to injuries again. Hopefully not, but um, I don't know if you lot would agree if we would probably need another like an out and out striker. Mbappe, M2021. <laughs> Adam, we'll come to you next. Let's get it done. Uh, Mbappe. Well, I, I would, I'd love Mbappe. It's not. Nice, nice. Did you see what the, um, the PSG president said? He said, we will never yeah, sell Mbappe. Ever. Sounds, yeah, no, never, sounds very much. Never selling like, him. Yeah, it sounds like they're very much holding Mbappe hostage, to be honest. It doesn't sound like it's a, a yeah. good place for him to be. Yeah, he should come yeah, back. Very much was, was like holding horses. Like, <laughs> he's a, he's in Paris. He loves it, to elevate yeah, the league. We like have his family in a room. Go on, other man. Um, but yeah, no, it was. It's so sorry. So he, he sort of said like, yeah, we're never going to sell him. We're, he's also not going to leave on a free. Um, and then I think they've proceeded. I think they've offered him about seven hundred and fifty grand a week. You know, um, just to try and Jesus. keep him at the club. Um, <laughs> But I think, to be fair, with the Mbappe deal, I, I, th I think if it if it ever did happen, ever did happen, it it would probably be if he didn't sign his new contract and yeah. he went on a free next season, and we somehow um, somehow found the the money together to, to pay him <laughs> ludicrous wages. But then it causes problem with the wage structure, shit. So you know, you, yeah, it's a predicament. It'd be a lovely signing, but um, yeah, I think. Any other players I'd add apart from Kanate? Um, I think if we're going to add another midfielder, I'd maybe look at Basuma. Uh, there's been a lot of talks about him online. Yeah. Um, I know a few of the big clubs are interested in him. Obviously, had a brilliant season for Brighton. Um, I can't imagine he'd be too expensive either. I, I don't know if any of you guys know how much that costs. They're looking before. around 35 million roughly Ars for him. Yeah, heavy interest yeah. from Arsenal for Basuma. We only talk about Arsenal, there, do we? No, I mean, we'll no, no, get, no, get, no, so. get out buddy by Villa. Yeah, but Basuma, I, I think we do need another attacking option. To be honest, though, I think it just, it's just how we'd work it. Like, I'd, again, I'd, Sancho is another one I'd love us to go in for. Mm. Um, I know there was rumours of, of the interest being there, but I think Fabrizio Romano said there's been no official contact from us. Um, so far from the looks of it, it looks like it's probably going to be Man United, but someone of his quality, again, it'd be, it'd be lovely to get. It's just It just becomes an issue of, again, the wage structure and also 
how do we fit a player of that quality into a front three that already possesses so much quality? Because mm. Sancho or an Mbappe, they're not going to walk into the squad and, and you know, they're not going to accept sitting on the bench at any point <laughs> in the season. Um, you know, because they, they are like, you know, the likes of Salah, like Mane. You, you see them getting subbed off. That happened every season. They get subbed off against Burnley or whoever it may be. They'll throw a tantrum and then the media will be talking about it for the next seven days. Oh, Salah's <laughs> leaving because he's unhappy with the substitution. So, I'd, I'd, look, I'd love to sign a marquee sign-in. I just don't think it's feasible right now. Um, I think it's something we maybe have to look at next season. So, I, for this summer, I'd... I'd settle with a with a Basuma and Kanate, and that's that'd be me. That'd be me done. Dave, you happy with a, a Basuma and Kanate summer window? Uh, so I don't think we're going to get Basuma. I think mm. Basuma's uh, passed now. I think we were looking at him, and then the price that was quoted for him, we were like, yeah, we can probably do better. And yeah. then we've been strongly linked with Telemans. And I would love see to see Tielemans. <laughs> even more than Tielemans, if we're making a midfield signing, I would love to see Rodrigo De Paul from Udinese in a Liverpool shirt. He had an absolutely cracking season. Yes, mm. he's a bit older than our normal signings. He's 27. But for a creative attacking midfielder, not quite a, a, a like-for-like swap for Genie, but he would be insane in a Liverpool shirt. But we're forgetting, we've got Oxlade-Chamberlain, who is an absolutely cracking player when he can yep. stay fit. We've got Harvey Elliott coming back, who, as well as playing in a Salah role, can also play that sort of centre-attacking mid-shadow striker-style role as well. Mm-hmm. But there's so many crazy rumours going around this summer uh, that uh, I think it, it does kind of feed into what Adam was saying. If we're going to make a big marquee signing, it's going to be next summer. Uh, yeah. There's talk about FSG have been putting money aside since they bought the club for when a generational talent becomes available. <laughs> now we start thinking about generational talents. You're talking about Mbappe and Haaland. They're, they're the it's two good. that are around at the really moment. Right, yeah. But Haaland, Chelsea are after him hard this summer. If they fail, as I think it's a 75 million euro release clause in his contract. That's next summer. every, That's every, nothing, every, every That's club nothing. in the world's going for that, aren't they? Do you yeah, know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> if you listen to what his coaches from uh, RB Salzburg were saying, uh, they've said that they believe his next club after Dortmund will be Liverpool. Yeah, there's, so there's if, if we that can link. put stock in what they're saying, uh, and who knows with Genie going to PSG as well, he might be whispering in Mbappe's ear. Contract <laughs> down, go to Liverpool for free next summer. You won't regret it. And if we can get Mbappe and Haaland next summer, because next summer I'll I'll stake my my, my hat on it. Uh, we're going to get rid of one of the front three. All three of them will be Ooh. thirty. It'll be the last summer that we're going to be able to get a decent amount of money for them. I don't know which one. Well, I think one of them's going next summer. That was going to be my question then. Which, if yeah. if you yeah. were, were Jurgen Klopp then, and you're getting rid of one of them next year, who are you getting rid of? So it depends who's coming in. It depends it's who's like coming it's in. A, it's a car crash. You don't really want to think about it. I look at yeah. it. You know what I mean? You just want to think that they'll be young forever. Although undoubtedly, would get the most money for Salah. There's yeah, talk, yeah, he would be up. Yeah, there was talk this summer about Mane going to Dortmund for like eighty or ninety million. Like that was. That that's way below where I think we should yeah, be. Yeah, Obviously, the pandemic's affected affected prices here, and uh, there's talk of the Sancho to United deal being somewhere between eighty and ninety million. Whereas last summer they were talking what like one hundred and fifty to one hundred one hundred seventy. Uh, so there's definitely been a massive effect on fees. But yeah, it's it's hard to say which one of us, which one of them we'd let go next summer. Hopefully, none. Don't they let that being realistic? Don't they let rumor like Barca are going to give us Coutinho back for free? I don't want it. Be, well, yeah, you know, I mean, he was a bit, yeah, he was, a, he was an arsenal the head, wasn't he? <laughs> what did they go in January? 140 million. We got five. If we get 140 for Coutinho, man, we, <laughs> to be fair, we get, we get history like uh, players that we sell don't tend to do well after we sell them. So I don't know if anybody's yeah. going to come and give us big money for any players now. <laughs> Coutinho had an absolute shocker. All the young strikers we sell seem to just like get relegated immediately. You know, it's, uh, we've not got the best. Not get the best record. Like, maybe, even then, when Emery Chan left, he really struggled at Juve. Now he's obviously mm. doing well at Dortmund, but yeah, like the, from the past, like sort of two or three seasons, players that leave Liverpool just seem to struggle immensely. Which is good. Yeah, it's what you want to see. Is that it's what you want to see. You want to see him leave and do badly because you don't want to see players leave. And I think they're going on to better things. And 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 do that. You want them to go on to better things and drastically fail I love it personally yeah. <laughs> Genie's the exception Genie, Genie gets yeah, the Genie can have the blessing Genie gets yeah, the blessing Genie can have the especially uh, if it's sort of 
you know, Agent Wijnaldum's gone there to, to get Mbappe to come to us. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agent, I mean, that would be the, uh, that's obviously the dream, but I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a bit fairy tale for me. Uh, I'm not, I'm not completely sold on, on us signing one of these, you know, you did generational have talents. Dreams, though, didn't you? Not, not yeah. Really. I mean, yeah. there's that, there's a, there's a sort of like 2% in my back of my mind that's going, yeah, they're both coming or one of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. the summer, you'll be fully on the train. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right, lads. It happens just with me constantly. I, so sorry, I, 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 I'm oh, very much with you. I'm, I'm just of the opinion. I'm like, it's just, it's just too much money. It's not feasible. It's not going to happen. I'll see one little rumor from like an unverified <laughs> account on Twitter. I'm like, he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fifty followers. You've got a mate yeah. in works. Yeah. Who's his agent? It's mate, and he knows him, and he's, he's, <laughs> he's going to come to Liverpool. Uh, right, lads. Just before we finish up, I'm going to get a prediction from you for next season, uh, for league and Champions League. Where you think we'll finish? What and we'll start with you, your league and Champions League predictions. Uh, Champions League, here we've got. I think we could. I think we can get to the final. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be first or second. It's, I don't think we'll finish any lower than that. Mm. There we go. First or second in the final Champions League. I mean, that's uh, it's not bad, is it? <laughs> happy with bad. that. Simo, we'll come to you next. What are you thinking for next season? Providing, oh. providing everyone's fit. And remains fit for the season. Then we've got to, we've got to get some sort of silverware if everybody stays fit for the season. You know what I mean? Oh, you you brought you probably put your money on maybe a good run in the Champions League. You know because we we do enjoy our tournament football. Mm. Um, it, it very much depends on Man City and Chelsea's buying power this this summer. If they yeah. go and like reinforce that forward line, I'm talking specifically about with Man City. They go get a Harry Kane who has another season like he's had, and then you add all of City's you know wonder wonder talents on top of that then you know what I mean but we are got it really struggle to get ahead to that side you know um, and same with Chelsea are just so close to being this a really 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 top side as well yeah. they go and get a Haaland that's, that's a game changer for us you know I mean we, we do have world class players we absolutely do but you know this league is becoming stupidly competitive even Manchester United are looking at are not a bad side these days if they, if they go and buy in some key areas as well you know they'll be right up there. So, yeah, it's, it'll be a difficult it'll be a difficult season, um, depending on the summer. Um, but I'm going to say, you know, we've we'll we'll always got a chance in, the, in a tournament uh, because we can't beat anybody on our day. So I'm going to say maybe we go and win the Champions League uh, first or second in the league. There we go, Dave. We'll come to you next. What are your thoughts for next year? Very similar to Simo there. I think a lot of it swings on other people's buying power, and and I guess if we manage to pick up. Uh, a reinforcement for the front line as well. There's talk of Pats and Daka. There's talk of that young lad from Fiorentina. I mm. think either of those two would be would be a good addition to give us that little bit more depth up top. But I think if Chelsea do manage to sign Haaland, that may they become my favourites for the title instantly with that signing. I agree with you. Even if City sign Kane, uh, but I think if City sign Kane and and Chelsea don't get Haaland, I think City are going to dominate for years. Uh, on top of that, I think just. Take away everyone else and just leave De Bruyne and Kane in the same team and, and they're going to absolutely rinse anything. <laughs> but uh, fully fit, if none of those signings do come off, I will, uh, I'll will I'll tip us to win. I think I'll tip us to, to take the title back if uh, if Kane doesn't go to City or Haaland doesn't go to Chelsea, which I think are big hits. Um, as far as Champions League goes, I'm, I'm going to be a bit conservative and say we'll make it to the semis. Um, but a bit of a dark horse prediction for getting a Champions League place next season, Villa. Oh, there we go. Billy will be happy with that. Yeah, Billy Billy will be buzzing. (laughs) I'm I'm just thinking Grealish and Buendia feeding Ollie Watkins is terrifying. They're not done yet. They they want more, don't they? Look at it spending. Dirty old rimmers looking at spending 200 million this summer. Mm. People are like, how can they do it? And then they look at the owners behind them. (laughs) They could absolutely easily go do it. We had to take in Buendia as, as our frontline reinforcement this summer if uh, if, he, if, oh, if we went in for him. Mm-hmm. Like, best oh, championship player ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Villa, potentially the real deal next year. Adam, finally, we'll come to you. Your predictions for next season for the Reds. Do you know what? No one's done it yet. So I'm going to end optimistic. I'm going to put my balls on the line and we're going to win both. We're going to win both. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to win both. Um, <laughs> now, for real though, I, I don't, I, I personally, 
and I know I'm in the minority with this one. I think Kane's still going to be at Tottenham next season anyway. Um, I agree I with you. Think Daniel, I genuinely think Daniel Levy's going to price anybody out of being able to sign him, especially with three years still on his contract. Um, and and the Haaland to Chelsea thing remains to be to be seen. I, I think if United, if they let Sancho go to United this summer, though, I don't think they let Haaland go the same summer, to be honest. Um but yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I really put my balls on the line with it. But yeah, we, we go win both. But will we, we make go. it past the fourth round in a domestic competition? <laughs> That's my <No>. aim. <laughs> That's my aim. Get to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup this year. That'd be lovely. <laughs> That'd shoot me down to the ground. <laughs> Boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, if you want to learn more about the lads, their links to all their social medias and their other projects will be linked into the podcast at the bottom of the page. And they will be... Obviously, you can be able to find them and and look up any of their other stuff. Lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you to the listeners. And don't forget, we're still sponsored by Manscaped. So if you want 20% off and free shipping on your order, use the promo code SCREAMERS20 at manscaped.com. Cheery bye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sport Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.